How you all doing? This is Tom, the head of Hesel Sticks, and uh, this is the 12th uh, episode of Hesel Sticks Chats. Thanks for coming and checking it out. Um, do uh, forgive my uh, my snotty, uh, cold voice. I can assure you, it's uh, my uh, lack of energy has nothing to do with my level of enthusiasm for the uh, for the uh, uh, 12th uh, guest. I just got battered with this horrible cold, so uh, you have to forgive me. Uh, the interview was recorded a little while ago, so um, uh, yeah, it's only it's only just for this intro and outro. But uh, but there we go. Something's going around, and I got it. Uh, so uh, before we uh, fight, introduce uh, the twelfth guest. Uh, as always, do do um, a little like or a five star rating, or even if you're feeling very generous, give uh, give it a review on on Apple Podcasts. And I think on Spotify now you can give it a like as well. So give it a like and you know. Spread it around. It does help, and uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, if you guys are into it, uh, tell your friends. The next guest, the twelfth guest of Hesselsix uh, Chats, is uh, Keelan. Uh, and anybody living in Bristol with a kind of, you know, with half an ear to the ground and kind of, you know, the music community will uh, be well aware of uh, Keelan. Uh, he is. Uh, well, it is a long history of experimental video work, uh, including a video for the pop group uh, Zipper Face, uh, which is a great video. And I remember seeing that at the time, and I loved it. I thought it was really, really cool. And uh, uh, the ignoramus I am, I didn't think to uh, check out who directed it, uh, but I found out much later that it was uh, Keelan. But he has a yeah, he has a whole history of experimental video work and kind of. Um, played around with that kind of something that's very on trend now, but kind of when he was doing it, it wasn't quite so ubiquitous. But uh, you know that sort of degraded VHS analog kind of decrepitude, uh, uh, sort of fuzzed out static and uh, ambiguous sort of broken signal imagery that um, uh, you see a lot now. Uh, but he, he was kind of doing it way back, you know. He is also, uh, I believe it's just him, pretty much, but it's uh, he is a DJ in uh, Slack Alice. Anybody that's been listening to News Radio will be very aware of them. Great, great post-punk DJ sets. He is one half of Salak, sort of arcane uh, magic, spelt with a K, that is, as in, uh, as in Mr. Crowley. Um, but kind of yeah, arcane alchemy sort of sort of conjurings of, of an old of an old earth, if you like, you know. Um, and uh, that's great. Uh, bad tracking, bad tracking, uh, which we will go into, was the centre of an absolute fury uh, in the in the Bristol um, in the Bristol music world. Um, sort of circuit fried electronica, kind of industrial, if you like. But it kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I think it probably should have a genre all of its own, but yeah, you know, circuit, f- and that's that's their own, I believe, that's what they say on their bag cam, and I think it's absolutely spot on. Circuit fried electronics. Um, uh, he's in Plaque, which is another another kind of sort of DJ alias uh, with somebody else. Uh, I believe with Yokel, actually. And uh, just a little detour here, but there was a track by Yokel on a Slack Alice fifth birthday compilation, and I thought it was fucking brilliant. What was it called? Oh, I can't remember now. Just like really hard EBM. So a little shout out to Yokel there, like proper some of the most some of the most nastiest EBM I've ever heard, along with uh, Keenan's debut album, of course. Um, but yeah, but at the moment, I think he's mainly focused on um, 
uh, his uh, uh, eponymous uh, new act, um, uh, Keelum. Uh, and it's a kind of a a very arresting uh, kind of confrontational uh, EBM sort of bruiser. Uh, just just him in a in a in a, in a drum machine, and they're typically uh, found behind a wire cage, uh, not too dissimilar to Ministry's infamous uh, uh, wire cage off there. Our mind is a terrible thing to taste or. Uh, and you know it's just um, it's just volatile, it's abrasive, it's confrontational both lyrically uh, and thematically um, as well as its uh, production and its delivery. Uh, it's it's a yeah and the the new album the debut album under Keelan Downtown is a fantastic one of my favourite records of the uh, of the year. Well, uh, just a just a brilliant um, attack or sly subversive examination on a kind of a a country suffering from nativist rot, nativist confusion, you know, um, and kind of, you know, the creepy forces of conservatism that, that seek to obstruct and hinder uh, the happiness and the pleasure that's, that should be had, you know, that can be had if only we were able to... Uh, if only we were able to abandon our nationalist blinkers. And yeah, I, I can't remember when I first came across. I mean, you know, you know, I lived in Bristol for many years, and so anybody in the Bristol music, like you know, someone that's sort of a fan of the Bristol music, like I, like I am, and was, um, you know, he, he he's a name that pop that pops up constantly. He's always, he's producing or collaborating, or he's, he's never far away. You know, maybe he's curating something or. So uh, yeah, well, and, uh, so you know, to finally get him down and uh, have a word and pick his brains and kind of get to know him a little bit, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great it's a great thrill. So um, I'm trying to think. What I, I I saw Salak. I saw Salak uh, equipped, which is a suitable a suitable um, uh, venue, if it were. It wasn't really a venue, but they kind of purposed it as a venue for his. Um, their uh, arcane uh, esoterica, um, <coughs> uh, and yeah, it was it was just great. I felt like I was witnessing something. I felt like there was a uh, something um, deep and not ma- not malevolent, but something something deep and majestic was being unearthed and kind of conjured and uh, excavated. And uh, yeah, it was great. So I made sure that I, I kept an eye out for. Um, uh, Keelan uh, and all of his other endeavours but uh, yeah so uh, Heads or Six Chats uh, episode 12 with Keelan uh, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you're here for it and uh, I'm looking forward to it let's do it let's do it, let's do it. Let's do it.
Mine's Luck Alice, Kalan, uh, Salak, Bad Tracking, Clack. There's some more, aren't there? Have I missed, my, have I, have I missed any? Uh, music video producer as That's well. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, done some poetry stuff as Max Keelan as right. well. Oh, um, Keelan, sorry, not Kalan. Oh, it's Keelan, yeah. I didn't want to correct you. And oh, sorry, thoughts. sorry. I'm not, I'm, right. not gonna, I'm not going to edit that. That's in there. No, 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 that's totally fine. <laughs> sorry, mate. Um, how, how are you today? How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Uh, t- tired, but uh, but no, surviving. So. Nice one, yeah. So if anyone, uh, for those that are listening, uh, we've actually just did a massive catch-up chat, and now we've done all the chat, <laughs> and now we're hitting yeah. record. Maybe it'll be better than the podcast, who knows? Maybe, maybe. But I might have that as a... Uh, Patreon extra footage <laughs> for subscribers, maybe. Um, yeah. All right, look, I, I like. I always like to start with this question, just because I'm always, I'm always really interested. Um, it's my, it's quite a simple question, but I'm always really interested. But like, what's, what is your earliest musical memories? Uh, my earliest musical memories is probably listening to Queen Greatest Hits in my mum and dad's car. I think. Um, uh, yeah, I would say that's it, to be honest. Um, I just remember those tracks sounding like, I mean, I was, you know, I'm talking like when I was like, four, you know, four or five years old, but I remember those tracks sounding just insanely huge and just kind of blowing my head off as a kid. Um, yeah. Uh, but the first, uh, I think the first cassette I ever, I was given for Christmas, so the first album I remember having was Smurf's Pot Party. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible yeah that's great uh keelan uh smurfs go yeah. pop did yeah you have, did you have smurfs go christmas pop as well uh, i don't think i had that one though no i don't think so but we did it, the album was given to me for christmas but they didn't get me the christmas album so i wasn't expecting that and i like i was you know like, i know like we were all kids once and we all were like whatever had a spice girls tape or whatever but like uh yeah i wasn't expecting smurfs go pop you know, I don't think I've ever seen it uh, lurking around on YouTube or whatever. But someone had taken um, the Chipmunks, like an old, an old '60s Chipmunks record, and slowed it down. And it's like it's just this really kind of um, almost like sludgy, psychedelic kind of uh, masterstroke. I don't know if you've ever heard. I don't think I've ever seen that. That sounds amazing, Jesus. Well, like it did not like a DJ Scrooge type thing then, though. Like, I, I, uh... Right. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think just I, I don't know who did it, but um, but it's got bespoke artwork and everything. So it's got the chipmunks, but all kind of like sort of melting. Oh, but, okay. Um, I think uh, I think you might like it. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of it's it's kind of novel cool. but brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um. And what about your form? What about your formative memories? Now, what what do you cons- What do you consider to be formative? Uh. So I mean, I guess I think when I was like nine years old so I'll, I'll sort of start I'll start from here and then go into teenage stuff later on so so when I was like about nine years old um my sister was playing um Tony Hawk's uh Pro Skater 2 and I remember the intro to that being Rage Against the Machine Gorilla Radio and uh I remember just like again it was like one of those things where my face was just getting ripped off and I remember saying like begging my mum to get me the Battle of Los Angeles. It's not even their best album at all, by the way. Like, I'm not, I'm also not, these days I'm not even a huge fan of Rage Against the Machine, but at the time I definitely was. Um, but um, 
yeah, my mum, she bought me the Battle of Los Angeles for like, I think it was like my ninth or 10th birthday. And then after that, it was like, you know, I started getting into like new metal. There was Limp Biscuit on the TV, um, on MTV and also on, I, 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 seem, I think I actually seem to remember their Top of the Pops performance, but, okay. uh, but yeah, yeah, I remember, it, of rolling it was. Um, I, remember, not, I remember Top of the Pops, um, Oh, what was what, their Mission Impossible song? Take a look around. Yeah, take a look around. Yeah, yeah I, I vividly remember that on top of the pops. Yeah. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah incredible. I mean, yeah, like, I, 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 yeah, I think you know, I, I chat to people about this stuff all the time. I know that stuff's totally not cool, but I have such a soft spot for that era, and I still think the production again, it just sounds so massive on that stuff. It just, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, and you know, I think. They, they hit that te- that formula for teenage angst so perfectly. It was just you know an, an amazing. Really. I do um, I, I I do listen. I do whenever I hear that stuff. I mean, obviously there's the there's nostalgic element to it, and where I was as a, as a thirteen year old, twelve year old, whatever. Yeah. But um, there is a kind of a innocence to it, even though it's like uh, even though yeah. it's like hot dog, fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck. You know, just like you know yeah. whatever. But like I kind of there is something kind of quite innocent about it in sort of, I don't know, I don't know what I mean by that, but, um, yeah. no, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Unless you're at Woodstock 99, of course. But, oh yeah. <laughs> fucking right. Yeah. God. And that's really funny as well, actually with Woodstock 99, because if you, uh, cause I think like, not, cause Nine Inch Nails did an amazing Woodstock 94, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Which is like, and that's wild, but like, uh, but somehow they managed to, you know, still do that, but keep this kind of like music, community festival or whatever but yeah exactly but then also do, do you know what it's funny that as well you know you talk about kind of industrial rock sort of versus new metal and then those that kind of separation as all well, of that you know that sort of four year four or five year time period or whatever but my, my good friend uh nadine she always talks about how um she was like oh well like you know new metal was okay but it was just like you know the, the the kind of mainstream labels had the option of of they had the option of sort of industrial rock but new metal was a bit more you know it was kind of a bit more polished and a bit more marketable and mm-hmm. the idea of having a dj and she was like industrial rock could have been the next you know the next sort of big thing after nirvana but it was uh but it was new metal instead you know but yeah it's funny. I think there was a few exceptions. I, 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 you know, I agree. We agree with her to an extent, but there was obviously a few ex- exceptions, like Marilyn Manson and stuff, which I would say was equal, you know, equally as massive as all that new metal stuff. But yeah. uh, obviously, Marilyn, uh, obviously, he's an abuser, and that's oh yeah, yeah dreadful, but dreadful but place. I did, you know, I I, I still. Uh, no, I still thought those records were great. Those early early Manson records. Yeah, of course. I, really I, to be honest, I struggled to definitely struggle to listen to them now after after finding out the fact that he's uh, he's a uh, yeah like like we said he's a repeat um, sex offender and you know also I mean it doesn't even look like he's been properly convicted yet, isn't he? he hasn't nothing's happened yet. Um, I think he was also nominated for like four Grammys or something this year, which is totally crazy but uh maybe we should get into this now anyway but yeah though but but yeah do, do you know what like i said uh i remember the guns Go- gods and government dvd and that was like an absolute uh, you know i used to just watch it from start to finish on repeat as a as a kid 
Um, but if we co to, to continue on on formative years as well, um, my, uh, I, it was kind of like when, when I was about 15, 16 then, so it was, it was totally sort of metal and hardcore punk and, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, kind of quite extreme metal as well, like grindcore and uh, and death metal. But then gradually, well, it wasn't even a shift, but I was also starting to get into electronic music when I was living in South Wales. Um, and I had friends who were friends at school who were into drum and bass, and an older sister who used to go. She used to go to like she was at, she was at university at the time, and she was going to nights at uh, like the players players so big jump up nights uh, um at fabric and that back in the day um and she would always send me like send me kind of like promos and uh, see i remember her sending me like a groove Vida and fabio mix in in the post like just a cd i remember her giving me that first pendulum album which to be honest like you know you could, it, I, I could never listen to that now but it was kind of like for, for someone who was sort of crossing over from metal into electronic music, that stuff at the time was was perfect. Um, but then what happened was I started working at um, I started working at a record shop in Carmarthen in South Wales when I was about I think I did work experience there first when I, when I was still deeply quite into metal, so like fourteen. And I remember he was he was saying to me, "Oh, you know." Uh, you should check out this stuff it's going to be massive um and he was talking about dubstep and uh i remember this was around the time when a lot of those first dmz records were coming in and uh the first i think screams album came out maybe like not long after this as well um but he had an inventory it was the it was the only genre in the shop he had an inventory for so he was like i'm going to be a specialist of um of this genre basically and uh yeah, he showed me that stuff, and I was in instantly hooked. I was just like, "This is like nothing I've ever heard before." Um, and yeah, I was d deeply, really, really into that stuff as a teenager. And w w whatever money I could get, it went on those twelves. Like, and I mean, you got to put it into perspective then. So we're, we're this is talking like two thousand and six onwards, and so like a twelve inch, a twelve inch single then was. You get two track, two or three tracks, and that was six quid, you know. So, um, yeah, but that was yeah. And then it was going out to like, you know, never really underage events, but in my hometown in South Wales, there was always a lot of um, sort of festivals that you could go to underage, uh, and they were like, yeah, you know, you would go to the you go to the dance tents and uh, stuff like that. And then I used to there was a club in my hometown called the Waterside, and I would always like sneak in there you, you know you know sometimes I wouldn't get in as well you, you turn up in like a button-up shirt uh turn up with a button-up shirt like the first person at the event and the bouncer's like come on mate fuck off but um but eventually anyway so I started started uh, sorry if I'm racing ahead here but eventually anyway I started DJing after that um and my parents bought me like this actually no I saved sorry my parents didn't buy me this I saved up to buy uh a new mark battle pack which were these terrible belt driven decks and you get two two sets of decks in one box right um, and a and a tiny little two channel mixer which i don't think it has any highs it's just gain mids and lows uh, really yeah really really budget so I saved up and bought that and uh 
taught myself how to mix dubstep, but I was I was awful, awful at mixing at first. And and then luckily luckily enough I had a couple of mates who just like really kind of drilled it into me, you know. And uh and then eventually I was DJing DJing in clubs, I think by the age of sixteen, maybe a little bit younger. Uh, but what used to happen sometimes at this club, the Waterside, was uh, I'd have to play. My, I'd play my set, and then the bouncers would be waiting. And then as soon as I finished my set, I'd have to leave because I was right. underage. So awesome. yeah, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I've off no, there. No, it's great. No, it's great. <laughs> So, uh, as I understand it, you uh, Carmarthen, wasn't it? You grew up in Carmarthen, yeah. So, Carmarthen, yeah, it's like past it just goes like Swansea, Slashley, and Carmarthen. So, I spent my I spent my teenage years there. So, I, th- I think moved there when I was like 12, 12 years old or something like that. So, is this about Irish heritage? Yes, I do. Yeah. So, I lived in Ireland before that for I think like six years um in the republic my mum is uh so my mum my mum my basically my, my granddad is is half irish and my grandmother's fully irish my grandmother's born in tipperary i think so right. um yeah uh yeah but um yeah so i live i was living in ireland before we moved to wales um so yeah. yeah okay um, um in the sticks actually just like literally in the middle of nowhere so we, we lived a, in a place called kiln we moved around a lot but we lived in like a place called ballyhell ballyhell is where i went to school and it's like just like a road with nothing else around it you know there's a school there's a church there's a pub mm. but, you know. there's that kind of rural solitude uh do you do you feel that in your in your psyche and, and embedded in in your creative process anyway Oh, I definitely think so. Yeah, um, I'm not sure why, but uh, I definitely think uh, you know the kind of strange sort of small townness definitely rubs off in some of my songwriting, um, and also I mean like, and I mean also like it was you know it's, living in places like that it really just sort of taught me to just use my imagination, and I still when I'm writing I still think back to this kind of sort of strange lonely child. And also, I mean, you know, I, I also have songs to do with kind of, uh, you know, when I was when I was in primary school in Ireland, and the feeling of, you know, not we we moved to Ireland when I was, I'm trying to think how old I was. I just can't. Uh, my memory's so shit. I'm so sorry. But um, but anyway, when we moved to Ireland, we moved there from 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 England, and my parents were staunch atheists. My, my grandmother Catholic. But uh, a lot of the kids in, obviously, pretty much every single kid in my primary school believed in God and their their communions coming up. And we used to go to mock confession and oh, really? mock mass, which is basically just confession and mass. It's, there's nothing fucking mock about it. Do you know what I mean? It's Do you remember like, any confessions? Uh, no, I can't, sadly. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, but... Uh, but it was pretty weird, and I mean, like you know, I had, I had the priest come in. I remember my parents quite stupidly. I, t- I told them not to do it, but they they kind of excluded me from religious studies lessons, which obviously made me a bit more of a target in school. Then, 
um, because obviously all the other kids were like, oh, you know, well, wh why don't you believe in this? And why does he get left out of this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but also like what, what was really horrible was that the, the local priest who used to visit the school on a weekly basis for, for whatever reason, like, but um, he would come in on a weekly basis and he would always sit down with me and ask me, you know, why don't you believe in God? Do you know why your parents don't believe in God? And it's like, Jesus Christ, man, I'm fucking seven years old. Like, I don't know what the fuck I believe in. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, I think the point was is uh, is that you know I, I do I do I do write about these subjects quite a lot in my lyrics, yeah. and uh, kind of having like these things sort of forced upon you, and also like it's it's weird as well. I'm like by no means fucking Catholic at all, and my parents are like so not Catholic, but I think I still have this weird bit of ingrained Catholic guilt in me. You know, I'm still like, oh, you know, like. You know, I'm obviously a sinner. I do lots of very bad things. You know? <laughs> I'm a bad, bad, you know, bad boy. You know, but like, uh, you know, you know, nothing dodgy. But you know, I like to have a fucking good time and I like to party, etc. So, uh, you know, but I do still have this kind of like, oh, you know, if you're not your best self, like, you know, someone upstairs might be upset, etc. Like, maybe that's yeah. what maybe that's what fuels the hedonism because you're kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, you you know it's naughty and that's what makes you want to do it. Well, definitely, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is my thing. My, my my housemates are all like, "Jesus, one thing you hate the most is being fucking told 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 what to do." Do you know? What I mean, and it's true. I fucking hate yeah. it today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, you, you left you left Wales, uh, and I'm yeah. guessing straight to Bristol. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, um, I moved there because I thought it was still going to be the city of dubstep, and by fucking 2010 or whatever, it definitely wasn't. So, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think when, when I moved in, the whole kind of Julio Bashmore kind of sort of bass house sort of stuff, whatever you call it, stuff was kicking off. Mm. Um, uh, so, which you know which was fine but you know it wasn't wasn't really well but i moved here because of like you know hearing about what pinch and peb and blazy were doing with subloaded and you know punch drunk and tectonic were my two favorite dubstep labels and that was why i moved here you know so yeah. right okay and uh you know was there you know was there a community happening uh already at that time i don't, I don't necessarily mean uh anything like now but just the, the the progenitor or the kind of the, or, the, or the predecessor did you yeah how how long did it take you to feel like you you, you might have found some kindred spirits in bristol um, i mean it's weird uh at first when i first moved here i was running like obviously like i moved here for university by the way I should probably mention that but um so i moved here to do media and cultural studies what what uh, you did? Uh, at U University of West of England. Oh, me uh, too. Yeah, I know. So yeah, I was about Barrow Ashton. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Media, media, media production, media practice. Sorry. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, we were for some reason we were on Saint Matthias, so we weren't at Bower, which was annoying because we weren't amongst all the. You know, Bower was a bit nice because it's like you're you're amongst the like fine art students or whatever. We were yeah. with the English literature students and the philosophy students. Not a bad thing either, you know. That's no disrespect to anyone. Who I used to go there quite a lot because uh, you, you had a really good. We, we had a good uh, library as well, but you, uh, St. Matt's, had a really good uh, film library. Yeah, they did. So I used yeah. to go around there and just like just have a wagon load of video, DVDs, and just sort of fuck off for a month and bring them back later. And 
Yeah, it's great. Yeah, actually, yeah, um, we also had like, um, I mean, I, I had access to some pretty good cameras there as well. Uh, one that I uh, didn't didn't really return as well. But <laughs> hey, listen, Werner Herzog, Werner Herzog stole his <laughs> yeah. camera. So if you can do it, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but where, sorry, where, where were we? We were talking about. Um, I've lost my train of thought now. Uh, sorry, the sense community. community. Yeah. I can definitely feel it. I mean, at the time, I remember when I first so when I first moved here, I started shopping shopping at Idle Hands, um, and uh, you know, I, I met my best mate Matt Light, who who who's yokel, who runs Plaque, and who I run Slack Alice with as well. Um, so me and me and him uh, were were best mates straight away. As, as as soon as we met each other, we started chatting about music. And so me, him, and a few other lads from uh, these two other lads from Swansea, who I was living with, we we started running running a night called Etiquette, um, which was like sort of dubstep and grime and bass music, um, and uh, and and kind of stuff surrounding that as well. Um, but I think for me as well, what what I'm trying to think, some of the stuff I started going to, I think it was maybe a couple of years into uni that um, I started going to like the Young Echo radio sessions at um, at Fag Studios um, in King Square. I think that's where it was. I can't remember if it was there or if it was in like Khan's old studio. But um, so I started going to that. And then there was the the peng sound and like peng sound, and then there would be these peng sound and sometimes tape echo things at um, at take at take five in the basement there. And then there was this other there's this label called Zam Zam and this woman called Heloise, and she was running these sorts of strange kind of sort of noisy nights at Fag Studios. And then it was sort of I was going, to, so I was going to all this stuff, and then there was whatever was on it, like the Arnold Feeney, so like early day, well not early days, but stuff that like Q Junctions were doing back then, and it was kind of like I don't know, were, it was weird because you go to like you sort of go to the Young Echo things and the Peng Sound things, and the crowds didn't necessarily seem like they would be at both of those sorts, of, you know, the, the sort of noise events and the kind of dub events, but they were. And then I was like, okay, there's something really, there's something, clearly something really interesting going on there, and that's I think that's that really started to rub off on me. Yeah. Sorry if that all came out in just like absolute verbal diarrhea. That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope that all makes sense. Anyway, but, I listen, um, man, don't worry, I'm, I'm a good editor. Don't worry. Okay, yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know that you're a uh, uh, prolific video artist, you know, um, and you know very involved in that. Uh, did you, did you, yeah, at a time, was there a time where you thought maybe this is, maybe this was going to be your focus and your career and, and what you were going to put all your effort into? Yeah, I think, I think, to be honest, mate, up to the last couple of years it was, but um, uh, it's kind of strange, I think. When I when I started doing it, I, 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 uh, I, I'll skim over the history of it to, to give you a bit of perspective. So, initially, I never thought I was going to do music video. I always thought I was going to do more sort of sound based kind of installation. You know, kind of 
video art with with sort of sound sculptures or whatever or whatever sort of you know audio visual stuff let's say but um i was more interested in kind of video art as opposed to music video and then i moved into a house full of producers so i moved in with like hodge um neek and ossia and yeah, those three lads anyway, and then our other housemate, Jim, who sadly still to this day doesn't make music, even though he really fucking should. Uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, so we, I, I moved in with all of them and they they kind of really encouraged me to to do music video because they were just like, look, you, you know, you have all the skills. You live in a house full of producers. We can pass your details on to all these people. Like, why don't you just do it? And I was like, yeah, all right then. So I'd, I was working part time at a fucking shitty job um, selling computers, and uh, I was doing that. And this was straight after uni, by the way. And um, yeah, and then eventually I was like, well, like yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll do, I'll do this, do music video stuff part time. And then I managed to. I was starting to earn just about enough money to to kind of quit to quit my job and do this sort of a very hand in mouth but sort of self-employed level um so I started doing that and yeah I really kind of thought it was going to be I really sort of thought oh this is you know going to be it for quite a long time but I think to be honest I was always in the back of my mind I was like oh you know maybe maybe I'm just doing this because I'm actually more interested in making music and uh maybe this is like a way of kind of like getting connections in the music world or whatever but um but yeah I don't know and then but also I think what it was is I was always making music and I didn't really have as much confidence with what I was doing and, until we until I started doing bad tracking with Gordon uh, and the funny thing was as well with bad tracking the original idea behind it was uh okay let's try and make music in a very similar way to the way I make music videos so using kind of cassette degradation and bits of old technology but sort of merging that with sort of digital processes as well um I so think, yeah i do think uh, um oh sorry carry on carry on yeah no but i was gonna but yeah i'm not sure you do, do you know what like i was always it, it, i don't know with, with everything i do i'm never like oh this is gonna be like my job for the rest of my life i'm always just a bit like i like doing this so i'm gonna do it for the time being and if it fucks up it fucks up but um if you know it will see we'll see what happens if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't uh, at the moment i've slowed slowed down on music video stuff a lot because i just i just really enjoy making music and mm. i did wasn't getting the anywhere near as much of the kind of creative release out of making music video as I was with um with with making music I think when I started making music video it was, I found it very expressive but I think gradually as time went on I started to just feel like I was ticking boxes and sticking to a formula and I was also get always getting asked to make music videos like my other music videos never being like never been asked to kind of think outside of the box people were like oh, you're the VHS guy. Can you make us a VHS-style video kind of thing? And, I, yeah, I just got bored of it. So Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think yeah. the, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a not, just, not just an aesthetic, but also a, a conceptual thing and a thematic thing that I, I really like. I love it. And I still really enjoy the kind of analogue degradation and tape rot. And I, I do like it. I love all that. But I also do think it's become like, quite ubiquitous Oh, definitely as well. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know how to feel about it because I do love it, and I still do love it. Yeah. And you know, uh, but but 
it, it is something that's uh, just exploded. Uh, it has an awful lot. I mean, I mean, the sad thing was was that like during the earlier days of doing it, people were really kind of like, okay, yeah, the, you know, the VHS stuff's great, but you know, you come up with a really interesting concept, or they would they would have an opinion of what they wanted a concept to be. Whereas, kind of like you know, especially you know, the, during the kind of later stages of me doing it, it was just like people being like, oh, you know, can you just like throw a load of images together and put like, and like make sure it's like, uh, you know, looks kind of retro and like has this VHS aesthetic. And it's like, you know, you're almost getting spoken to like you're a fucking application, not a, not a you're filter. <laughs> yeah, you're a filter, you know. Yeah. And you're just, you know, yeah. and that's the way I started to feel. I just started to feel like I was a paid fucking filter. Right. Um, I even have a particular client. I'm not going to fucking say who it is. But I did even have someone who was like, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to pay you to do a music video because I found this amazing VHS app. Oh, I, fucking I was like, all right, mate, you don't need to fucking tell me that. Just, yeah. uh, just go ahead and do it. Like, well, um, you, you kind of, you kind of, uh, I think you kind of almost, it by implication answered another question I had a bit later because I was gonna well we'll get on that in a minute but uh you know because I have noticed that with with the the, the with the rag video uh, okay. there's not there's none of that it's uh it's a very different kind of video uh yeah. I, 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 I I'm aware you didn't direct that did you that someone else directed that uh it was co me, co director it was me and uh me and the lad sam pillbeam who's uh who, who kind of who kind of stole all my video work basically oh, <laughs> I'm, really? I'm taking the piss i'll tell you he's a friend of mine <laughs> right obviously he's a friend of mine but he's yeah. uh no i'm totally taking the piss but um no i like to banter him on that but uh but no um yeah so yeah i just i just didn't feel like it it really needed it um you know, and you know, the concept was I was like, I'd like to just film this down in like a sort of seaside town. You know, it's something that we can all relate to. And yeah, there was there was absolutely no no need for it. So mm, yeah, um, and I thought you know the image of burning a burning a, a fucking Saint George Cross flag is 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 strong enough without the need of any VHS scars. We're gonna we're gonna move away from the scars, but I just want to say. Uh, uh, Big props for the the pop group video. Well done. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, do you know yeah. what? I I actually remember that video coming out because um. Oh really? Yeah. I did. I didn't. I wasn't aware of you being. Yeah, you know, I wasn't aware of who you were back then. I didn't know yeah. what you were doing. But um, uh, I you know well. First of all, I love and I'm sure you do as well. But I love Mark Stewart and the pop group. But what? Yeah. I also, really. I just love. I actually thought those those two albums that came out they did was brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I've got to admit, I didn't, I didn't actually check out those ones at the time. I, I did the, I did the video for the track, and uh, but um, I mean, like, I, I was a big fan of Mark, Mark Stewart and the Mafia stuff, and that, yeah, yeah. And that first, that first pop group record. Sorry, yeah. to, <laughs> I didn't mean to like cut you off there. No, just, not at all. No, no, it's fine. But I, I, I just, uh, um, well, yeah, yeah but, um, I, I, I recommend it, man. Uh, I, I thought it was. Um, I'll do. Yeah, I'll definitely check them out. Um, yeah, and it, and it just and it kind of just. Uh, oh, yeah. It's I hope not he's like... not a subscriber to your podcast after I said that. Though. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. Don't worry, Mark. I'll edit, I'll edit that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no. I, I, they were they were just great albums, and they had so much. They had a lot of life to it, and also they they seemed to um, feel they, they they felt like they, they made sense in, in the in the music climate that they came into. Whereas 
there's other bands of that generation. I'm gonna say it, fuck it, but Public Image Limited, where you hear their new stuff, and, and it does seem a little just doesn't feel as vital. I don't know. Yeah, I, get, I, get, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. But um, but your 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 video for Zipper Face uh, that was great. That was really good, man. Oh, thanks very much. We had so much fun filming that. Actually, um, I shot it in in. I was living next door to the barbers that we shot it in. Um, so I, it was when I, I, that's where the old idle hand shop was. And I was living, mm-hmm. I used to have a massive, a, like a big studio, a room that I was using as a studio and then a bedroom upstairs. Um, uh, anyway, I was li- living next door to it. And it was my local barber. I still go to the same barber, but go to him for 10 years, uh, Neuro. Shout out Neuro Point Barbers on Stokes Croft. But, um, but yeah. Uh, basically, we filmed it in there, and it was my my old housemate Jules, uh, who's also DJ October, and um, my mate Carly's lizard stars in the video, and it's uh, her lizard eating crickets off him whilst he's mm. getting his hair cut. Yeah, mm. so I don't know. Yeah. The, the listeners should go and watch the video, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun shoot that one. That I was when. That was when the I, captions. Say again, sorry. I'll have a link in the captions. Okay, yeah, perfect. Uh, that was oh, when I started having a real love of uh, love of doing music videos. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, and and um, what a, what a legend. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of projects. You know, you got you got a lot of tentacles in Bristol. You know, and and beyond. Uh, but you know, with with uh, Keelan, it's that's just your surname. It's uh, actually my middle name. Um, oh, yeah, Pierce my, is a surname, is that right? Pierce is my surname, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, okay. Um, oh, but I, we'll edit that. I, I guess the reason I use it is because it's my it's my Irish name, you know. Ah, um, okay. Uh, oh, no disrespect to my British, my, my English dad, but I just, I would rather use my Irish name. Gotcha. Um, okay. Well, well, I suppose, uh, okay, right. I mean, uh, but uh, there's more of a... Um, it's more there's less it, it, it feels very you know um what's the word I'm looking for it's more stark it, it's more it's more stripped down it's more you is that fair to say yeah i think so yeah definitely yeah. um i also think as well uh believe it or not there's kind of quite a lot more sort of pop pop um structures in there than uh which which was what i was kind of really I, I'd always wanted to make music like that and uh I don't necessarily think I really really had the confidence to do it and I mean also you know bad tracking was always like quite okay you know the studio sessions for that were very chaotic and uh uh and very sort of free form and chopping up kind of improvised jams um and whereas the Keelan stuff it was very much so just me and my drum machine and and a mic and yeah just sitting and writing songs you know um is it more um because I, I know with bad tracking there you, you know there was a kind of alter ego character of the sexual slave right yeah and, yeah. and i know that you you know you would routinely perform naked for that but yeah. it is uh, but but nevertheless you know is there still more of a mask to that character where you felt you felt less exposed in, in a kind of in a funny ironic way 
Yeah, so what with the, yeah, definitely. I used to hide behind the kind of concept a bit with bad tracking, whereas I feel like Keelan is very much so, it's me doing and saying all the things I want to, I mean, there's still a bit of a mask, but it's like I'm doing and saying all the things I've wanted to say with this project. And I, I also love the fact, what, what I really love about doing this project is with with Salak and, and with bad tracking is it was like, I would always have to sit down and write you know get myself in that frame of mind to write for that project whereas with this now I'm like it sounds so stupid saying this because it's like you're in control of everything you do but like with this project I just feel like I have total freedom to do what I want so mm. yeah. um, whereas the other two I mean also working with other people as well you know you have to bounce ideas off you you know your, your partners as well your, your, your bandmates even but um uh but with this uh yeah, with this, it's just yeah, I I do do I, I do and say what I want, and um, yeah, I think it's I, and also I feel like this really for me, I feel like it's it's the best writing I've done in in terms of songwriting and in terms of lyric writing, and I think uh, for me, it's 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 the most expressive of, expressive I've been, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, not to like blow my own horn, by the no, way. But it's, uh, but you know, but you know, just thinking out loud for me, I think it's like this is the most confident and comfortable I've ever felt with my writing. So, um, yeah, great. Um, I hope my fucking other bandmates, my other bandmates are gonna be like, you prick. <laughs> what I'll do is a, as a promotional teaser, I'll just. I get off just edit all of these bits of you, you blowing yeah. your own trumpet. No, please leave, no, please leave it. Please leave it. <laughs> I want them um. to hear. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to a rather remarkable man. I'm going to introduce you to a rather remarkable man. Why Barry Island for the video? <laughs> You're going to say something else then. Uh... Do you know what? I just, I just don't have a reason. I just remember when I heard the track for some reason, I was thinking, I was like, I don't know why, but it'd be just perfect to shoot in Barry Island. But I also, just, I don't know why I have such a, like a love for these, um, these sorts of, uh, like, just these kind of, um, I just have a real soft spot for, 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 for shit British seaside towns. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know why. And, I just sort of thought, like, I like I like the idea, you know, the the the, the lyrics are sort of about, you know, the, I mean, yeah, you know what the sort of lyrics are about. It's like, uh, you know, the, the the kind of you know, I'm, I'm going to stop there actually because I'm waffling on. Sorry, I'm not, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought there. Sorry, but um, no, I mean, no, I don't think you're waffling. I, I but like, yeah. you know. You, you talk a lot in in, uh, in downtown. Yeah, you know, there there is a examination of um, English rock. You know, yeah, activist uh, confusion, miasma. You know, and uh, and I suppose the the forces of the forces of conservatism uh, step standing in the way of flourishing. Right, you know, yeah. and, and uh, I think there is something about the the. The, the the decaying seaside town and the kind of the, the marginalized the forgotten the old world that people that a certain faction uh, want in their own confused way am i making sense yeah totally you're, you're putting it in much better words than i ever could oh well you well. know <laughs> <laughs> um 
it's actually gonna this is another leading to another question i want to ask you but um you know i i know that on your instagram you've got your welsh and your irish flag emoji in there and uh and, and the rose some... for england well, I just didn't oh want to put yeah that's 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 a good yeah. point yeah i did see the rose but i didn't i didn't put that together but yeah. you also had the st george's flag on on the downtown video and also in the rag and yeah. on fire Sorry? Yeah, on fire, remember? On fire, yeah. yeah, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> desecrated, sure. But, um, you know, what... Obviously, you, you've lived around... I don't know if you have any affinity with Scotland at all, but I, I know that you, um, you've you moved around a lot. So, obviously, it's a part of your... The British Isles is a part of your, you know, uh, background. But does, does the British Isles play a part in your music? Does it have a conceptual presence as a... Uh, I don't know, you know, because I, I think about bands like maybe Henogled, where they they kind of they have quite a, they have quite a preoccupation with with the old country and and um, the British Isles as is a kind of slightly mystical place, you know, before before English colonization. Yeah, I see. I see no, I see what you're saying there. Um, I think generally, I, I, I think. I mean, I think for me, a lot of my a lot of my lyrics are kind of about this sort of sort of strange sort of love hatred of of the kind of, of Britain in a way. Um, not just, but you know, you know, I'm one of those people that like if I'm away somewhere and people start slagging Britain off, I'm not like patriotic, but I'm like, yeah, but you know, we have very good ecstasy, we have great music, we have, uh, you know. Some dreadful food that I still love, etc., etc. But um, you know, but then also, you know, the, the other the other kind of strange thing is, is that when I lived in Ireland as well, for example, you know, it, you know, hearing the way Irish people spoke about Britain, I was like, oh yeah, we really, really are very fucked up, aren't we? And um, and I guess it's always been this kind of like, you know, this kind of like. I don't know, I, it, just this strange feeling of sort of guilt of this guilt of being British, but also this love of being British, I think. If, yeah, does that make sense? I don't know if I answered your question there. Well, but... no, I think, uh, yeah, I think you, you kind yeah. of did, yeah. And, and, I, and I think yeah. that, guilt, that, that guilt you've identified, I think it, yeah. is something that you're able to identify and reconcile with because because of your time in Ireland maybe whereas I think yeah. born and bred Brits especially as well though you know I mean like Wales is a pretty you know I mean it's still it's obviously still in Britain but it was still you know it's still like massively fucked over by England and well, you know we don't need to even explain do we yeah well there is you know the, the uh, nationalism in, I don't mean English nationalism but you know but in the in Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, it has never been more uh, organised and and you know kind of never more electorally popular. You know, in the in those in those respective countries. What what's your thoughts on? I'm sorry to get political on you, but I'm just curious to know what what's your thoughts on the union as a as a political entity and and you know like what what does that mean to you? Um. What well, in terms of what you mean? Uh, what in terms of like the fact that it's the, you know the, the fact that n neither of the three countries have independence, or yeah, I, I suppose you know in, in the, the recent dis you know, the recent um, the discussions around around the the union as a, as an entity and and it, and it's and it's the, the, it's its future that's that looks quite fragile, um, you know, 
with 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 Sinn Fein, SNP, Plaid Cymru, actually, you know, kind of seeming to have more political presence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I, I, I don't know much about Plaid Cymru anymore, but um, I was aware that they were becoming pretty. You know, I just think as long it's when these things start to veer into the kind of sort of right wing kind of nationalist politics, that's when it really starts to scare me. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just think, uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's definitely, so, there's a, you know, a majority of individuals within within all of these parties that want want these things for the wrong reasons. And uh, and I just hope that, you know, well, I don't know. It's, it, it, my answer is I just don't fucking know. I'm sorry. No, that's but, fine, mate. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't have asked. Um... No, it's all right. No, it's, it, it, do you know what? It's uh, my my opinions on it are so skewed. It's it's just you know how do we fucking how do we have opinions on these things anymore? You know. It's... Go too much into the uh, the whole Crofters Kerry McCarthy thing because that's that's been done to death. Well, yeah. I'm always happy to tell that story if you do want to hear it, but uh, yeah. Well, no, I, I think anyone that's listening to this, I think would probably know it. And and um, well, do, give us give us the, give us the two minute version quick, and then I'll uh, go okay, on. I'll give you the two minute version. So yeah. so basically, what happened was we were down there playing with um two bands, Sands and Milo's Planes. Um, we play. I think we played first. Um, it always used to baffle me when people would be like, "Oh yeah, you're playing," and like we're playing first and I was always like you, you do know what we do and they were like yeah that's why we want you on first to like shock people as they come in and I was like all right whatever but um but yeah so we uh we were playing at the crofters and uh basically we, we were just sat outside after the, we played our show me and Gordon a couple of friends sat outside having a zoo having a having a couple of cans just sat on nine tree hill around the corner from the venue and uh I remember my mate was just like, fucking hell, it's blowing up on Twitter, this. And I was like, what? He was like, this gig. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, Kerry McCarthy's just tweeted, uh, there's a man standing worryingly close to the audience uh, performing a set of Crofters' rights without his clothes on. Um, and then the Crofters got back. They basically chimed in straight away, tweeted back, we've removed these guys from the venue which they didn't do, like Mingled, Mingled, and I don't, even, I don't even know if we'd read the second tweet or whatever, but anyway, we, we'd gone back in and just like enjoyed the other two bands. I think we even had a fucking pizza and everything, just like, <laughs> just like in, at the venue, like just yeah, like chilled cool. out, enjoyed the rest of the gig. And then like, and then the next day it was like literally fucking going in, going off on Twitter. Like I, I, I don't, neither of us even had Twitter or my, I'd lost my fucking login or whatever. I deleted Twitter and I think anyway, because I used to just get really fucking, I used to just get really eed up and write really weird tweets at like 5am <laughs> from, from the dance floor of a club. So like right, I started right. using it, but, <laughs> but um, I don't know why I'm telling you that. But anyway, yeah, but, um, but yeah, she, um, uh, basically like loads of people started chiming in and they were like, like how, you know, how fucking dare you, attack these guys they're like you know a, a staple of the british bristol scene blah 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 and they were just like oh what about like freedom of speech etc 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 and we um and we 
we we basically were just like oh um uh, we were just like oh god this is like you know it, so over the top the whole thing like um and she was eventually she what well, carrie mccarthy eventually ended up um tweeting back that she was like oh no like i was only messing around i didn't you know i didn't want them to get thrown out of the venue and then everyone started like attacking her and it was just like, oh god everyone just chill out kind of thing but um we sort of you know me me being me I, I i eventually was just like you know i'm gonna like take the piss out of this kind of thing and started like I think I was using her tweets as like my radio artwork for my nudes radio show and stuff, <laughs> and, uh, and just being an idiot, you know. And yeah. um, and then uh, and then eventually, uh, two days later, Tristan Cork from like the Bristol Post, he like gets in touch with me. He's like, I really want to know what went on at Crofters, and I was just like, Well, like all that happened was she made it. You know, this Labour MP made a tweet. That particular Labour MP was involved with this save Bristol nightlife and and doing lots of stuff to preserve Bristol venues so the way I see it is the venue saw that you know this kind of sort of like local sort of celebrity MP was in the venue they wanted to suck up to her a little bit so they said that they chucked us out um what the venue hadn't realized as well is that we'd actually played there about four or five times before this event right. and had no issues, you know, because yeah. no one was fucking tweeting us about us then. Sure. Um, but yeah, and anyway, it was it was it turned into a bit of a news story. It was the best bit of publicity I think that band had. Um, and then we had to have a meeting with the venue where he said to the, the venue basically said, "Oh, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do this." I said, "We'll check your licensing book." He checked the licensing book, realised that um, unless you're doing like a sexual striptease. In a normal nightclub, it was actually totally allowed based on his license book. So uh, we got we got let back in. Uh, two weeks later, Darley St. Paul booked us for a sound cupboard. And we all lived happily ever after. So that was it. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I, I was using, using that to uh, get to the other point of like, you know, yeah. Bristol is a city that is is element there are parts of uh, bristol that are trying to resist the creeping forces of gentrification you know yeah. and bristol is it's hitting bristol's getting hit hard by that oh, yeah, totally. uh, you know have you felt have you felt that um uh, sanitization have you felt pressure have you felt uh, the bristol music community being tested of late uh, and um you know what? It's funny though. I actually think like Bristol at the moment musically is like the best. Like no, sorry, not just musically. Like in terms of venues, it's like kind of the best we've had it in a really long time. Though, like I remember, like you know, we, we were chatting about like the Surrey Vaults and stuff. Mm. Like, when the Surrey Vaults was open, it was you know it was fucking shit. Like there was no, there was you know it was great that we had that space. And it was great that like we had a few other little spaces. But it was it was really like there was nothing. There was no like big club spaces really occasionally you'd have bits at the island but that was only like once every blue moon because it was more like art studio sorts of spaces and you didn't really want to go to fucking motion where there's like loads of like gurned up teenagers do you know what i mean yeah. so like weirdly at the moment it's like yeah okay like i mean it's just it's shit that like there's tons of um you know obviously like you know like the pressures of like flat new builds being built and people complaining about um people you know noise complaints and all that which i'll get onto in a minute but um 
but at the moment it's you know it's sick it's like it's like venues are actually opening as opposed to closing like like strange brew man that, that place has been like such a godsend for me and and to a lot of my friends and people who live here and work here you know um and just like actually having like a proper club sized space and not just like like i said like for, uh, however many years ago when it was the surrey vaults it was like it was like do you know what a sick like going out and dancing in like bars and putting on club stuff in bars but it's like i want to go to an actual fucking club do you know what i mean so i'm really yeah. really happy that we have that here at the moment like and then you know it was like Bristol's always like talked about in magazines. It's like, oh, Bristol's on the map, and it's like, yeah, but for ages we didn't have like these like proper club spaces. So it's it's um super grateful for that. The only shit thing is, is it's like um you know Mickey's Ogs, which is you know a bar that I don't know we haven't spoken about it, but for the listeners at home, it's a bar that Nudes Radio and I DJ at fairly regularly in. Uh, and it, it originally the space used to be the Surrey Vaults. Now that place, when Mickey Zogs opened, the police basically said to them, "Like we fucking hate this building. We hate this place, and we hated the Surrey Vaults." Uh, and uh, to put to put things into perspective, when the Surrey Vaults was there, none of those flats were there. They were all just getting built around it, and they were built around it fucking quick. So, like, literally, like, six months later, you had mega flat 5,000 surrounding yeah. this pub. Um, and, like, basically what happened was there was endless amounts of noise complaints and then, you know, lots of pressure, and eventually the place shuts down. Um, and also, like, I don't know, there were there was a few dodgy licensing things going on back then anyway, um, which I'm not going to get into. But, um, but uh, now what's happening with Mickey Zogs is, like, you get these people who live in these flats and they, they come down like, like for example, I was there a couple of weeks ago and like, you know, there was people just DJing on the DJing on the radio. It wasn't even that noisy. It was like 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. Guy comes down in his fucking slippers and dressing gown. And he goes like, Oh, like, excuse me, it's 11 o'clock. I'm trying to sleep. Can you turn it down? It's like, it's Saturday and you live in fucking St. Paul's. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, what? Why have you moved to this area? Why have you moved to like the center of a city that's like known for fucking music to St. Paul's, which has a rich heritage, you know, culture and music? And you move, you move on the doorstep of this, and you fucking complain that you can't sleep on a Saturday night. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, and it's it's everything. It's everything wrong with with this kind of, uh, you know, because he's a consumer and he. He doesn't. Under, he doesn't give a shit about counterculture and and as you as you say, the rich heritage of music and artistic. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's just oh fucking hell. But like, like, I don't. You know what? As well, we all know what's going on. A lot of these people are just moving here for you know, moving here from from London or getting put put here from from jobs in London. And I don't know. It's just like what you know. You don't. Why why move? Why move to this place and like shit on the doorstep of it? Like. Just like if you you know if you don't know what you're moving somewhere for, then don't move there. Like do you know what I mean? I've, like, I hate that shit. And the same things happening in Wales, you know. And it's like people move into Wales for like the quaint fucking countryside, but they don't have a fucking clue what's going on there, like or anything about the culture or or the fact that they're housing out fucking poor people, you know. It's well, it's just... not economically viable, is it? You know, Mickey Mickey Zogs is not viable unless it's part of the nighttime economy. You know, yeah. that, that horrible term.
What projects have you got coming up, uh, Max? Okay, so projects coming up. Um, so I'm doing doing an album of uh, well, almost almost finished. Uh, it's not an album actually. It's an EP of um, duets with uh, with a lady in France called Cruel, um, uh, who is going to be one to watch. I think next year uh, doing some stuff on ATC. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a self release a little album of uh, rock and roll duets that we've been recording. Uh, done in a sort of industrial fashion. Uh, I got my next EP, The Strip, coming out later on in the later on in the year. Uh, I can't say where or when, but it's yeah, it's coming out. Um, Jesus, what else have I got coming out? New Salak, the third and final Salak album, um, which was written way back in 2020, uh, but that's finally coming out oh, as wow. well, which I'm very excited about. Uh, and then, yeah, I think that's kind of everything. I'm sure I'm missing something. Uh, you can catch me playing it. Actually, when's this podcast coming out? Uh, <laughs> it'll be the last weekend of the month. So uh... okay, well, not plug, uh, <laughs> plug big gigs that will have been and gone. Then, so. Okay, right, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of everything at the moment. Oh, brilliant! I, I look forward to all that. And uh, and why 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 is the Salak album the final? Why is that? Uh... <laughs> I don't want to answer that question. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's the final album because I think uh, we 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 both want to we both um, want to move on to different. Well, I'm I'm doing my Keelan thing. Um, Cleo, uh, so the other half of Salak, she's she's making amazing music as Princess Difficult and uh, Mama Matrix, and we just both want to pursue our own things at the moment. Um, so oh. yeah, no, oh, she's Princess Difficult. She is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I heard one of her songs on one of the one of the, one of the recent compilations. Yeah, and I yeah, really liked it. Amazing music. Uh, just waiting for her to release a full length thing. To be honest. Oh like, right. Super oh, cool. fucking. Yeah. I tried to I tried to find who it was. I tried to like type in Instagram, but I couldn't find who it was. But that but that's her. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah, a lot a lot of music in the works. Uh, but yeah, that that one sadly, that's well, not sadly, but that that project. Uh, I think we did everything we could uh, we could yeah. do with it, and uh, yeah, we're, we're we're totally happy with it. So yeah. maybe at some point in the future we'll we'll do something. But at the moment we're like eh, we've done done what we needed to do with this. Let's let's put it to bed. So absolutely, yeah. I did see Salak, um, Sal Salak, sorry, uh, Southville Crypt. Remember that? Fucking hell, yeah, I do, yeah. That was a good one. I think that was only our second gig, that. Oh, really? With, what were the other band called? Uh, Ariadna? Oh, um, I've, I've forgotten now, because you yeah, were supporting, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, really enjoyed that one, actually. Yeah, that was, that was great. gigs we did with Salak, to be honest. Um, it was only a handful we actually did, because it was like we started... We did that first album. Second album came out, so Illicit Rituals, the second one, and Plaque. That came out during lockdown, uh, but I mean, we do we we did do we did do sort of quite a big handful of gigs in a row, and then it and then that was it. It was lockdown, then you know, so yeah. The last last gig that we did with both Bad Tracking and Salak before lockdown was in was in Budapest, um, and it was like an ATC showcase. And then I remember we were me and Cleo, we were supposed to go and play. 
playing Dublin. We went over for the gig and then the gig got cancelled when we were there. And then we were supposed yeah. to play in Bristol the following night. That got cancelled and then yeah. that was it. The, the whole world changed, you know? So, yeah, right. Well, yeah. yeah. That's a constant that's a constant theme whenever I talk to people uh doing this heads on six chats. Uh there's a lot of that post-COVID, <laughs> pre-COVID, you know, sort of I know. I, I almost I almost didn't want to talk about it, but you know, it's yeah. hard not to. It's hard, yeah, it's hard not to. Um yeah. uh, uh what have Avon Terracore got happening collaboratively around the corner? What are you guys cooking up? Uh so at the moment, actually, we're so I mean I think we're in the in discussion of doing some more some more benefit stuff. Um, so there will be a second uh, Palestine uh, fundraiser compilation. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, we've only just released this concentration album, um, and and shortly before that, the the biped release. Um, but we've definitely got um, got some some further stuff in the works. Uh, Gordon from Bad Tracking, uh, he who also makes music as Burden and Relapse, uh, he's been working on a collection of um, like a collection of a lot of his sort of various artists, which kind of sounds like a greatest hits thing, but it's not a greatest hits thing. It's like a collection of just like the amount of stuff that he does, and uh, I can't wait for that. To be honest, I think he really needs to, he's been needing to do a release like that for a very long time because I think his work is always massively underappreciated. Okay. The, the guy used to release stuff on like fucking scientific wax and shit back in the day, you know. Um, yeah. He's an old legend. But um uh and then uh, so we got those two. Like I mentioned earlier, uh we're in talks about doing a, a release with Corel, um who's again someone who's just like been working her ass off for a really fucking long time in France. Um, and yeah, makes this insane style of music that I can't put my finger on. It's like a weird mixture of industrial, sort of like weirdly like very sort of classic kind of Bristol trip hop sort of sound, but she's also really into like French uh, 80s realist singers um, and has this sort of strange kind of sad, solemn, but sleazy cabaret kind of French thing going on uh i've never heard any music like it it's 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 incredible incredible. yeah 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 eventually that's going to be out but um i can't tell you when but uh but yeah lots of lots of things planned with the label i know um yeah sorry i'm honestly trying to think it's quite hard as well you know there's god knows how many of us like 30 people so you know we all kind of dip in and out of it when we can and put in as much work as we can when we can. So it's quite hard to keep track of what's yeah, going on. Sure. As far as I'm aware, those three, those three things. Uh, in terms of showcases, uh, we we only just did the Maple Death and Avon Terracourt showcase. Um, so I think we're probably going to have a little bit of a break from doing kind of tour, uh, you know, tour and event stuff now. But um, but separately, we're all working, you know. So yeah. Oh, that all sounds that all sounds amazing. I, 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 every time I, every time my email pops up on the little Bandcamp reminders of where new ATC, I'm always like, right, yeah. straight away. Always listen. Always, always make sure I check them out. And uh, wow. yeah. thanks very much, man. Thanks for the support. You know. Oh no, no. Oh no, I love it. I really love it. I think it's uh, yeah. Without sounding like a gushing fan or anything, but no, I do. I just, I just love. I love everything. I love its uh, mystery. I love its create the, the creative uh, boundary pushing. And I love that you don't have an Instagram. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's only what I don't sometimes love that we don't have an Instagram. <laughs> it's a nightmare when I'm like, right, everyone, come on, we've all got to share this bloody post. Like, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, God. Um, no, it's was- good. Yeah, and uh, I in terms of you mentioned concentration and biped, I, I those two yeah. releases, I, I love them. I really love yeah. them. That uh, uh, really, yeah, really, and, really fantastic. Yeah, I mean, biped's just insanely talented uh, young person, and uh, I'm so excited to see what they're going to be doing in like ten years' time. You know, yeah. uh, already making fucking crazy music, but just music. I just love. I love the fact that like. We're releasing music that of music that just like I'm like I've never heard anything that sounds like that and you know it's just yeah insane concentration as well I mean like I don't know if you ever seen them live but like oh, just, do you know what uh, they play they, they they did three dates in the UK didn't they but I just couldn't yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it but I know they played Bristol recently but um, yeah uh, no I, I'm gutted I missed them yeah I yeah. I uh, I'd love to I'd love to see them. Yeah, I remember seeing when I saw them live for the first time. I saw them live in, I think it was 2019, and we, we saw them at Urban Spree. <clears throat> we, we were playing at um, Atonal, so Berlin Atonal, the following night. And we ended up sneaking them on to play at Atonal, actually. But, um, but uh, yeah, I just remember seeing them play for the first time, and I just said, uh, you know, me and Gordon were both like, fucking hell, we need to step our game up. These guys are fucking weirdos. <laughs> like, just the weirdest fucking band and the weirdest stage show. Like, just really, crazy. Like, really yeah. extraordinary. Um... You know, they're not fucking trying as well. They're not They're not trying to be fucking weird, weird people. They are fucking weird people, you know? It's, it's great. Like... Yeah. Um... Yeah, what they're what, they're they're a band that when I, when I heard um, when I hear their music, I, I especially the first time, I genuinely like I, I almost I, I did sort of stop what I was doing. Yeah, 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 they, so, yeah it takes you off your seat, sort of thing. Absolutely, it? yeah, absolutely, really, really love them. Um, all right, all right, I, I, I'll, I'll wrap it up for you. Get to the last question here. Um, so yeah. I, I read I read a uh, international orange interview you did, and oh, yeah. you you mentioned that you. Uh, you're inspired by like like Tony Basil and uh, or like uh, songs like I Want Candy uh, and Hey Mickey. Oh yeah, totally yeah. Hey, so yeah. Loves yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and also yeah. Songs like that yeah. Yeah yeah. Uh, what were you saying? But well, uh, and, and earlier on you were touching on how actually you're you're quite inspired by pop. Uh, yeah. Uh, craft, if you like, you know, for for uh, downtown. Um, yeah. You have already mentioned Smurfs Go Pop. So maybe that can't be beat, but like, you know, is there any, is there any other kind of pop loves uh, that that might surprise me or, or people listening? I'm a huge Madonna fan. Um, if, yeah. I mean, it, it might surprise you and the listeners. It definitely wouldn't surprise my friends. But, you know, not that you're not my friend, by the way, but um, as in just like, yeah, uh, but yeah, big bit Madonna in a big, big way, especially that first album. Um, just like you know, it, it just those tracks just blow blow your head off. Like, I really like uh, um, I really like burning up. Yeah, burning up's amazing. Yeah, yeah such a good track. One, and, one of my uh, one of my favorite Madonna songs is um, "Look of Love." That's an amazing. That's song a really well. that's a really gorgeous song. That I, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Holiday and everybody as well. I think that's Jelly Bean Benitez producing those tracks as well. Right. Um, there's another one. There's another great tune by her. It's like a bit, bit more of a rare cut as well. If the listeners want to check out at home, but it's called um, it's got a sidewalk talk, and it's like Jelly Bean and Madonna. It's just like proper thumper. Like 
kind of like sort of Latino house kind of flavor to it, like, like real good. Um, yeah, maybe that's a bit of a curveball. I'm trying to think of any like slightly more guilty pleasures, but I just can't think of any right now. Well, you know, but, um, no, guilty pleasure really. Like, I think Madonna's yeah. sick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Chris Carter uh, is a massive yeah. ABBA fan. I knew that. Yeah. See, see, I'm not a massive ABBA fan, but I love uh, like. Is it? Called, I can't remember what the tune's called, but is it? You know, lay all your love on me. Like that tune, like always goes off. I also remember a really early Slack Alice, uh, Jules October. He played Voulez Vu, and just like I was like, "Fuck, this is a tune, man!" Like, how much <laughs> this is, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I listen to at the moment. I'm listening to a lot of '50s stuff, like a lot of Elvis. Uh, this guy Jody Reynolds as well, who was a bit more of like a forgotten kind of sort of rockabilly singer. I really love like Shangri Las uh, and girl mm-hmm. group stuff, like the Ronettes. Um, but yeah, in terms, of, I mean, also like you know, commercial pop stuff as well. I mean, like not commercial pop stuff, but like you know, I love like Nicki Minaj and. Uh, and people like that as well, you know, like hugely into that stuff. Yeah, cool. You should yeah. do a do a do a set or a show. Collating yeah, I love, uh... I'd love to, yeah. I mean, I do. I you know, when when I DJ, I do play sort of. You know, I, I do bees in the trap is always in my bag, and like, I play play like young lean stuff as well, and lots mm. of different bits. Um, I always whenever whenever I was DJing back in the day, I'd always play Madonna as well. Yeah, nice one. Uh, um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, look, uh, Max, it's been a pleasure, mate. Uh, yeah, thanks so much you. for doing this. And thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. No worries. No worries, thanks. man. Yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to it because uh, um, I've, I've been nattering for a while. But um, I'm yeah, gasping. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no worries. All right, thanks so much, man. Well, uh, yeah, hopefully see you soon. Yeah, well, yeah, one what a gent uh yeah it's, it's great it's great when i get to like ch- chat to somebody and they kind of just they're giving you loads of material so you can kind of just sit back a bit <laughs> uh yeah um big thanks to uh max Kilan for um uh, agreeing to do it I, I really enjoyed it i really enjoyed that one um do listen to uh his um downtown album and check everything else out I mean I, you know, as always I'll always have links and caption in the captions for every show I post up but uh, yeah do check out um, do check out his many um, projects and uh, acts he's attached to uh, there's a real world there uh, that, need, that needs you in it um, so yeah big thanks to uh, Keelan um, and you know uh just big thanks to everybody that's enjoying it. Um, as I say, uh, do uh, please do give it a like, give it give it a five star. Well, give it look, review it however you want to review it, but you know, help a brother out. Give it give it a five star review. Give it give it a little give it a little uh, uh, an actual written review if you like on Apple Podcasts. That that'd be a big help. Um, and I'm on everything pretty much. Uh, you can find me at Heads of Sticks, Heads dot on dot Sticks. I'm on Facebook, I'm on, sort of on Twitter a little bit, you know, kind of half on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, if you if you like 
if you trust my choice in music, uh, do listen to my um, uh, my radio show. I've got a monthly radio show, Arja, the Heads Stick Show. That's um, that'll be next week. So yeah, uh, that that'll be next week on Friday. Um, and there'll be some other, got some other radio shows, with Ten Twenty Radio, and nudes occasionally as well. Uh, 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 residency mates, if you like, with, with Keelan. Uh, but yeah, I hope you're all well. I hope you're enjoying it. Enjoying it. Take it easy.